Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Yacht Talk, Hacking the Boards. I'm Ben. And I'm Yakov. And for today's episode, we're going to be drowning you in knowledge on plural effusions. We're going to start with the basics and some transitative examples, then spend a while on exudative ones. It's also a special episode because it is our 40th. Let's jump right into a case. All right. So for our first case, we have a 70-year-old male with a past medical history of diabetes and previous MI who comes in with worsening dyspnea and leg swelling over the past month. His vitals are normal. An exam reveals 2-plus pitting edema and S3 and decreased breath sounds with dullness to percussion at the right base. What does it sound like is going on with this patient's presentation? It sounds like our patient has developed heart failure and now has a pleural effusion or pneumonia in the right lower lung. We need more info to know for sure. Before we get more diagnostics, what is a pleural effusion and how is it different from pulmonary edema? A pleural effusion is a collection of fluid between the lung and the pleural lining. Pulmonary edema, on the other hand, is when fluid collects within the interstitial space and possibly within the alveoli within the lungs themselves. And now that we know what it is we're looking for, what imaging would we get and what would we expect a pleural effusion to look like? We would start with a chest x-ray, which would show opacification of the right lower lung space with blunting of the costophrenic angle. Again, this is unlike pulmonary edema, which would show interstitial infiltrates throughout the lung. However, a pleural effusion cannot always be differentiated from a consolidation, such as from pneumonia, on chest x-ray. Let's say our patient has a chest x-ray consistent with a pleural effusion. What's the likely pathophysiology going on? So heart failure leads to increased hydrostatic pressure in the lung vasculature since blood is not being pushed forward effectively. Over time, this can lead to fluid leaking out of the vasculature and causing an effusion. What are the two types of pleural effusions and what type would this patient fall under? This would fall under the category of transudative effusions, meaning effusions consisting of fluid without elevated levels of protein. The other type is exudative, which does have high protein levels. What's the classic method for determining whether an effusion is transudative versus exudative? That would be getting a diagnostic thoracentesis and then applying LIGHTS criteria. So let's say our patient has a serum protein level of 6.8 and an LDH of 120. How can we use LIGHTS criteria to determine the type of effusion? Since LIGHTS criteria includes a plural protein to serum protein ratio of greater than 0.5, If the pleural fluid has a protein higher than 3.4 in this case, the effusion would have been exudative. The other two criteria involved LDH, so the effusion would be exudative if the pleural fluid to serum ratio is greater than 0.6, so about 72 in this case, or if pleural fluid LDH was greater than two-thirds the upper limit of normal. As long as you meet one of the criteria, the effusion is exudative. Great. Other than LIGHTS criteria, what's another important difference between transudative and exudative effusions? So pH of the fluid tends to be higher in transudative effusions, usually between 7.4 to 7.5, while exudative usually has a pH between 7.3 to 7.45, but sometimes even more acidic. Nice. And what are the other two main conditions which can result in transudative effusions? That would be cirrhosis and nephrotic syndrome, which both cause decreased oncotic pressure and therefore fluid extravasation from the vasculature. Perfect. Now let's talk about perhaps the highest yield form of pleural fluid collections for the test. Okay, so now we have a 75-year-old male 
past medical history of diabetes type two and a 30 pack year history who comes in with four days of shortness of breath, fluoritic chest pain and fever. His temperature is 38.8 and his respiratory rate is 22. Exam reveals decreased breath sounds and dullness to percussion in his left lower lung field. Chest x-ray shows an infiltrate and pleural effusion and ultrasound shows that the pleural effusion is free flowing without loculation. I know that's a lot of info. What do you think is going on with this patient? So it sounds like he has some community acquired pneumonia, and this has caused a test favorite pleural effusion called a paranemonic effusion. What is that? And what are the main classifications? A paranemonic effusion is just what it sounds like, a pleural effusion associated with a pneumonia. We classify them into either uncomplicated or complicated effusions. And how do we decide whether the effusion is complicated? The characteristics on imaging can give us a hint since uncomplicated effusions tend to be small and free-flowing, while complicated ones are more likely larger and can be loculated from inflammatory fibrosis. The true determination comes from sampling the fluid since the definition of a complicated paranemonic effusion is one with signs of bacterial invasion of the pleural space. So it sounds like we'll have to get a sample of the pleural fluid. Before I tell you what we see, what are you expecting? Paranemonic effusions, regardless of severity, are exudative. Since they're a result of immune cells and proteins being released from vessels with inflammation-induced increased permeability. Therefore, I would expect the pleural fluid of our patient to meet Light's criteria for an exudative effusion, as we mentioned before. Great. And what about in regards to complicated versus uncomplicated? Uncomplicated paranemonic effusions tend to have a higher pH and glucose than complicated ones, as well as lower white blood cells and LDH, though all of these will still differ from normal pleural fluid levels. As we mentioned before, for an effusion to be deemed uncomplicated, the gram stain must be negative. Note, however, that a negative gram stain does not rule out a complicated effusion if there are other signs of bacterial invasion. Definitely a confusing concept, but the rest of the case should clear it up. So we get back to our patient's results. His serum protein is six and LDH is 150. His pleural fluid is clear and has a total protein of 5.5, an LDH of 300, a pH of 7.1, and culture is negative. How would you classify and treat this paranumatic effusion? I would say this is an exudative effusion for sure, since the serum to pleural protein level is well above 0.5, and the serum LDH to pleural LDH is above 0.6. Specifically, this is a complicated paranemonic effusion because the pH below 7.2 and very high LDH point toward bacterial invasion, even if the culture is negative. Although an uncomplicated paranemonic effusion is usually treated with just antibiotics, most complicated ones require drainage with a chest tube. Perfect, and that's exactly what we do. A few more questions about this patient though. How did we know that this was a complicated paranumatic effusion and not an empyema? An empyema is essentially the worst form of complicated paranumatic effusion when both bacteria and frank pus leak into the pleural space. Since this patient's fluid was clear, the effusion could not have been an empyema. By the way, the word they like to use on the exam to indicate a pus-filled effusion is turgid. Treatment is still antibiotics and chest tube, but unfortunately, empyemas might require surgery if they become highly fibrotic and loculated. Perfect explanation. How might a paranumatic effusion due to anaerobic organisms differ? Usually, you would see this in a patient with aspiration pneumonia, and the disease course would be more indolent, 
as in symptoms would slowly progress over a few weeks. The fluid itself would also be foul smelling from the anaerobes. Great. And last question about our patient. What's another cause of exudative effusion we might worry about with him? And what could we have ordered to rule it out? In this patient with a long smoking history, we could worry about a malignant effusion from an underlying lung cancer. We could send cytology to look for malignant cells in the pleural fluid, and we would also be more likely to see blood in the effusion as well if it were malignant. Great points. Now that we've thoroughly discussed our patient, what's a special cause of bacterial paranemonic effusion they love to test on? That would be tuberculosis, which has a few special findings in the pleural fluid. For one, there's usually a very high lymphocyte count, which causes another classic finding of very low glucose, such as between 10 to 30. Adenosine deaminase and acid fast staining are also positive if the, if the effusion is due to tuberculosis. Exactly. Other than infections and malignancy, what are the other general causes of exudative effusions? Actually, one of the most common causes of exudative effusion is pulmonary embolism as a result of ischemia and increased vasoactive cytokines to the affected area. The other general causes include autoimmune disorders such as rheumatoid arthritis and inflammatory diseases such as pancreatitis. I'd say that we've done a pretty thorough job of covering pleural effusions. Yeah, I feel like that episode was nice and free-flowing. Yes, but still a bit complicated. See you next time for an uncomplicated review of lung sounds.